Beloved by God, church, let us stand, start our service before the Lord. Let us stand up and confirm the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. May the resurrection of Christ be enthroned within our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to you for this great privilege to be in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted up to heights that are not reachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in the service, as previously, all the works of devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matters of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, error, all of this, may it depart from the tents of your holy nation. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might, and may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your Spirit, saturate us with your Holy Spirit, allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands, and we pray, lead it with your powerful hand. Our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Please be seated. The Book of Matthew 5, 45 and 48. that you may be sons of your Father in heaven, for he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Called to perfection. And this promising commandment to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect written in the Gospel of Matthew and presented to us in the series of the Sermons of Apostle Arkady is the inheritance of the saints of all times and generations, and the commandment is addressed by Christ himself strictly to his students. Therefore, we will study the primary sign by which we need to judge that we partake in the perfection of God. And this is by our ability to clothe our essence into the holy or the selective love of God. Colossians 3, 14, 15. But above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfection. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you were called in one body, and be thankful. According to the given place of Scripture, the rule of the peace of God within our hearts is only possible upon one condition, and that is if the selective love of God will abide within our heart, and we will be clothed into the selective love of God. And unlike the tolerant and egotistical love of man, the selective love of God differs in the fact that it contains the burning zeal of God, His omniscience and His absolute wisdom, that in no way can be used for corrupt, greedy, and egotistical goals of man. Due to this, it is specifically the power of the selective love of God that is called to destroy the stronghold of death within our body and direct the, the resurrection of Christ in its place within our body and clothe our body into the resurrection of Christ in the form of our new man. The selective love of God can abide and demonstrate itself exclusively within the atmosphere of brotherly love. 
where we pass from the state of eternal death into the state of eternal life, as it is written 1 John 3:14 through 18. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer can e has eternal life abiding in him. By this we know love, because he laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. It's not possible to do any good work if the truth is not present. You can do good in your deeds by the form of deeds or acts toward another, but you have to have the truth. When a person is born from God, he is offered a choice either to enter the state of death and become dead to God and useless for every good work, or enter the state of eternal life, which he has not been familiar with until this moment, and become useful for every good work and a demonstrator of brotherly love. Therefore, we need to answer four classical questions which we need to identify the signs by which we need to determine people included in the category of brothers, what purpose is the selective love of God of God called to fulfill, what conditions and by what signs do we examine ourselves. And so we have been studying the third question, what conditions we need to fulfill so that we can demonstrate the fruit of virtue in our faith within brotherly love. Let us look at these components. And the price is quite uh, <coughs> significant. <coughs> and so people that even are Christians sometimes from their very young age cannot even pay the first price. First, to demonstrate the fruit of virtue in your faith, in brotherly love, it is necessary after putting away lying to speak the truth each one to his neighbor, because we are members for one another. Ephesians 4, 22 through 25, that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and being renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness, therefore putting away lying, let us each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members for one another. And so we have been drawn to the promise to put off, be renewed, and put on. But after doing these three, we need to put away lying and begin to speak the truth to one another. When you're attracted by prosperity and success, it 
You have to put away lying. Upon practice, to speak the truth to one another is to create an atmosphere of the liberty of Christ for one another or an atmosphere of trust to be able to provide the security and comfort of Christ for one another in a celebratory victory over distrust and inherited suspicion and lies. And this needs to be formed, created within the church. Pastor tells us that we have inherited suspicion and distrust for one another because we lie to one another. And you need to create this atmosphere of brotherly love. And for this, it is necessary to stop lying to one another. Well, you say it's easy to say, how do you do this upon practice? Let us read further. We will learn how to do this on, upon practice. This, of course, I apply to myself first, and then it then is applied to all of us together. But I first apply it to myself. And like the disciples said, Jesus said, am I the one that's going to betray you? Because they didn't realize they have this inside of them to be able to do that. However, if we do not first learn to walk in uprightness, work righteousness, and speak with speak the truth within our heart for ourselves, we will not have any ability to speak the truth to one another. And so the first people we lie to is ourselves. Why do we lie to one another so easily? Because we have lied ourselves. We're constantly lying to ourselves. Psalm 15, 1 through 5, Psalm of David, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle and who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend, in whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord, he who swears to his own hurt and does not change, he who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take bribe against the innocent, he who does these things shall not be moved. <clears throat> One who does not does these things is a member of the mobile foundation to walk uprightly work righteousness and speak the truth within your heart for yourself and after speak the truth to one another it is necessary by being instructed in the faith to accomplish three important destiny impacting acts cast off the old man from yourself be renewed by the spirit of your mind and clothe your clothe yourself into the new person cast off be renewed and put on so you not lie to one another. These three acts identified the righteousness of our faith in the process of our absolute sanctification, pursuing the goal of absolute dedication to the truth, elevated in status of commandments for us, identifying our calling, which is the adoption of our body by the redemption of Christ. If we don't fulfill the given commandment within these three destiny impacting for us acts, we will not have any opportunity to reject lies so that we can demonstrate brotherly love within our faith. And consequently, we will not have any ability to pass from the state to pass from the uh, state of death into the state of life so that we no longer be carriers of the carnal body and become instead carriers of a heavenly body. And so, here is what our promise that belongs to the door of our hope is connected to brotherly love. And brotherly love requires that you stop lying to yourself. 
that this is okay, this is normal. It's not okay or normal. And then lie to one another. For example, you weren't somewhere or you weren't present in a, in a place or with someone. But you say things as if you were there or And so if a person comes to you and says something to you about someone else, you can say that, please, let's call the person that you're talking about. Let's ask him directly if this is the situation. And if they don't want it, then there's definitely something to be suspect of. Why is this person saying these things? And we can then determine who's lying. The person that you speak against or the person speaking it to you, And so, so never keep these offenses in your heart or anger within your heart because you'll go to many services, come to many church services, and all of it will be a waste because you keep carrying this bitterness in your heart. The phrase to put away lying and to put off your former way of life in both the Greek lexicon as well as the Hebrew, although there are some differences in their essence, they pursue one goal and are absolutely identical. And the most note noteworthy is that the lying that lives within our body is governing sin in the form of our old man who is supported by organ organized and deceptive powers of darkness. What does it mean to put away lying? To put away lying is receiving the ability to conceive and give birth to righteousness within your heart. To put away lying is hate lawlessness within your body. Remove the carrier of deception from the throne within your body. To put away lying is wash away deception from your heart and evil thoughts, break apart the bonds of deception and cast away the cords of deception from yourself, deprive the carrier of deception of power within your body, send the carrier of deception to an uninhabited land, stop the process of decay within your body. To put away lying is to cleanse your soul by obeying the truth through the spirit and deliver peace to your troubled body. This is what it means to put away lying. Lying is a program coming from the father of lies. Therefore, the kind of father is the kind of fruit of the womb there will be, or the kind of seed of the father of all lies is the kind of fruit that will be produced in the womb, the kind of fruit being deception, and to somewhat expand on our knowledge of how to put away lying within our body so that we can receive the ability to speak the truth within our heart for ourselves and afterwards speak the truth to one another, we will take a short look at each of the ten above-mentioned definitions of putting away lying, although there are many more of them. And so the first, what it means to put away lying, First, because lying is within our body, it is the power of governing sin, a program of the father of lies, the carrier of which is the old man within our body. And so here is where, from whom lying comes, the old man. To put away the authority and power of lying within our body, which we inherited by the fact of our birth from the perishing seed of our fathers in the flesh, we need the armor of righteousness, which is power overcoming the power of evil. We can up only obtain the armor of righteousness by being instructed in faith 
in the seed of the preached to us word, which we need to grow into the fruit of righteousness, to counter it with the fruit of lying, which the wicked conceived and gave birth to within our body. And so, by our ability to conceive and give birth to the fruits of righteousness, will we be able to confront or counter the fruits of lying? We can't confront them ourselves. We need for the righteousness of God in us to be conceived and to produce fruit. These sons, this fruit of righteousness, he will be the one to fight with, with lying and deception. Because it's natural for a person to lie, and so it's necessary to conceive truth, righteousness, and then, and then bear it as fruit, which will then counter or confront this uh, fruits of lying. Psalm 7, 14 through 16. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. And so this is the ability for him to conceive iniquity. He has a program inside of him. If he, con if he conceived and he bore sons of iniquity, we need to conceive and bear sons of righteousness because my righteousness will fight with this iniquity living in my body with the old man. We need to confront them and overcome them. Behold, the wicked brings forth iniquity. We're reading this Psalm 7, 14 through 16. Yes, he conceives trouble and brings forth falsehood. He made a pit and dug it out and has fallen into the ditch which he made. His trouble shall return upon his own head and his violent dealings shall come down on his own crown. If we do not return the trouble of the evil one within our body upon his own head, the evil one being our old man, by the means of the grown fruit of righteousness within the soil of our heart, then we will not have any legitimate ability to demonstrate brotherly love within our faith so that we can speak the truth to one another, and consequently we will not have any ability to pass from death to life so that we become carriers of the heavenly body. Psalm 127, 3-5 Behold, children are a heritage from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Happy is the man who has his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but shall speak with their enemies in the gate, will speak with deception at the gate of our mouth. The gates where our sons, as our fruit of righteousness, will speak with our enemy, which is deception, is our cleansed mouth which confesses the faith of our heart in the fruit of righteousness. So what can what conclusions can we make here? How can we put away lying? We need to conceive and bear fruit or bear righteousness. And so the gates are our lips where the sons of the wicked and the fruit of righteousness battle. I receive the truth, and this truth has been grown into fruit inside me. I receive the seed, the word, and grown it into fruit. And so then you fill your quiver with them, and begin, they begin to fight with this deception. So it's important for us to understand when the, where this is taking place. Lying comes from our mouth, and what does this say? That means there's no fruit of righteousness, and the wicked... Uh, brings forth its own sons and they stand at the gates of our mouth and do whatever they want. We need to put our own sons fruits of righteousness so that they overcome the fruit of the, of the wicked. This is the first, how to put away lying. Let us continue talking about this further. Second, 
to put away the authority and power of lying within our body, it is necessary to love the power and authority of righteousness within your heart, and with a perfect hatred, hate lawlessness within your body. To be able to put away the authority and power of lying within your body, it is necessary to love the power and authority of righteousness within your heart. And with a perfect hatred, hate lawlessness within your body. That's the old man with its fruits. Psalm 45, 6-7. Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. The scepter of righteousness in the status of the scepter that God uses to rule and with which he performs judgment and demonstrates his holiness is our clean mouth, which is cleansed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Let us look in what way we need to have these clen- this cleansed mouth cleansed by the fire of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 6, 1-8. And so the Isaiah that took was baptized is a, is a different Isaiah, and of course may he be blessed, but this is Isaiah the prophet who lived far before Christ, of course. In the year that King Uzziah, Isaiah 6, 1-8, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his his robe filled the temple. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe to me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the king, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongue from the altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, This has touched your lips, your iniquity is taken away, and your sin purged. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I, send me. (laughs) And so for Isaiah to tell the Lord, Here am I, send me, he needed his lips to be clean. The Lord will never ask people who have not cleansed their lips from deception, who shall I send? They send themselves, or lawless and wicked people send them. And so the first way you can determine whether a person should be sent is his mouth. Does he speak dirty things? Does he lie? Does he practice lawlessness with his mouth? A person first needs to experience this fiery coal so that he can cleanse his mouth. And all this work happened when he saw upon the throne the Lord sitting. 
and it was in the year of the death of King Uzziah, our mind, King Uzziah, when he has uh, experienced the process of death and has been renewed. And so King Uzziah, which is our intellect, he has experienced death and has become humble. And when we become humble, we bow, then we see the throne of the Lord and we see the, the seraphim. And the seraphim had six wings with two wings. They covered their faces and were only looking at themselves in the light of the word with two covered their feet. And with two they flew, which means they proclaimed the not existent as existent. These are the, the seraphims, the holiness of God within us. And these six w- wings, the two wings of the great eagle, Urim and Thummim, the word of God, which we look at and transform ourselves because you you can't look at the holy God himself. You can in the presence of the seraphims when they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of, Lord of hosts. And so the two wings that cover uh, his face and we in this way look at the word of God because if you don't have these two wings and you don't look at the word of God you can't do anything or continue to do anything you need to proclaim the not existent with as existent these are the two wings that are flying or or with which they fly and after that the Lord allowed him that this live coal make contact with his mouth and his sin was purged from him and so we will see the Lord's throne when Uzziah dies and when we we will see the throne and when we see it our lips need to be cleansed with the Lord's holiness by the preached word third we continue talking about how to put away lying what price we need to pay to have true brotherly love for one another We need to stop speaking lies to one another. And the first is we need to stop lying to ourselves. And to third, to put away the authority and power of lying within your body is is the necessity to remove the carrier of deception from the throne within our body. The Lord Yahweh needs to sit upon our throne, but it turns out the wicked, the carrier of deception can also be sitting on our throne. The Lord will not sit upon the throne within the heart of man if the wicked or the carrier of deception is sitting there. Hebrews 12, 1-3 through 3. Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which is easily ensnaring us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, he has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endures such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Hebrews 12, 1-3 The throne within our body is our mouth, which has the habit of speaking deceptive things inherited by us from the sinful life of our Father. To lay aside every weight and the sin that easily ensnares us, which is the old man in us, representing the interests of the Father of lies within our body, means to achieve three familiar to us destiny-impacting acts. These are cast off the old man from ourselves, renew our mind with the spirit of our mind, and clothe ourselves into our new person by confessing the faith of our heart, which upon practice means upon the foundation of the received 
into our heart faith of God, count ourselves dead to sin and living for God, proclaim the non-existent removal of the old man from the throne of power of our lips as already existent. This is how we remove him from the throne. We proclaim the non-existent as existent. In no other way are we able to become free from lying. As you may say to a child, if he has lied, stop lying and don't don't lie anymore. And the child says, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. But he will. And it could happen even in five minutes. Because that's not how you put away lying. And it's not wise when we ch tell children, tell me honestly, you will never do this again. But if I, having lying in myself, bore a child that also lie, has lying, you need to tell uh, your son, son, remember, Pastor Arkady had written how to work on this in yourself, how to put away this lying from yourself. We need to first thank God that we don't have lying. And you say, how? How? Because I'm lying. You need to state this and proclaim that you are free of it. Thank you, Lord, that you've delivered me from deception, from lying in my mouth. And proclaim the not existent freedom from lying as existent, the first step. We proclaim this. We, with these two wings, begin flying. Confess. Fourth, to put away the authority and power of lying within our body, it is necessary to wash away deception from your heart and break up the nests where evil thoughts are nesting. Jeremiah 4.14 O Jerusalem, wash your heart from wickedness, that you may be saved. How long shall your evil shall your evil thoughts lodge within you it turns out that evil thoughts and wickedness they nest they are in nests and they are brooding there to wash deception from your heart and break up the nests where evil thoughts nest it is necessary to possess the ability to reject evil in your heart and your thoughts and accept good into your heart Isaiah 7, 14, 15. Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son. You shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. Confessing new thoughts with your mouth, which we have received into our heart by learning and being instructed in faith, is the grown by us fruit of righteousness by which God can determine that we are righteous before him because the kind of for as he thinks in his heart so is he Proverbs 23 7 and so to destroy all of these nests so that nothing would be nesting in them and for this it's necessary to reject the evil and choose the good and to have this or to be able to do this we need to determine what evil is and good is and this can be determined by the one who is a father of God to us the apostle whom God uh, sends and not myself just decide what uh, what may be good or what be what may be bad 
I remember in my generation, we never really uh, memorized uh, poems, as it were, but my parents' generations, people memorized poems uh, and remembered every, and they still remember every single poem that uh, they ever learned in school from young, from a very young age. But our children on, the, on their on their electronic devices that are just looking at screens. What has the devil was what has the devil done with these screens? He wants our mind to be in the smartphone. I want your thoughts to be in this phone until it's time to, to leave this earth. A phone is a good thing. You could use it as a flashlight, as a calculator, and do other things with it. It's a good instrument, but this instrument takes our our mind away and distracts our mind if we incorrectly use it. And so, how do we put away lying so we can stop lying to one to one another? Fifth, to put away the authority and power of lying within our body, it is necessary to break apart the bonds of deception within your soul and cast away the cords of deception from yourself. Psalm 2, 1 through 4. Why do the nations rage and the people plot a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, Let us break their bonds in pieces and cast away their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens shall laugh. The Lord shall hold them in derision. We need to break the bonds and cast away cords from ourselves. And so let's look at the definitions of each of these. To break the bonds is break the union or the agreement with the old man. Divert attention by taking the guilt of your house upon yourself. Pull away from the food source yourself. Pull yourself away. If you have a specific dependence, some specific lust, you need to put away from the computer and telephones. Rip off the thoughts of deception to break the bonds, is to rip off the thoughts of deception. Tear the garments of the law of works into two parts. Separate the clean from the unclean and the holy from the unholy. To break the bonds is to provide God the ability, the legitimate ability, to remove evil as the East is removed from the West and pull the inherited genetic pool up by the root. This is what it means to break the bonds. Cast away cords from yourself means subvert from the throne or to dethrone, to cast to the earth, to cleanse the earth, to throw out from the midst of your boundaries something that is alien and foreign, reject all that comes from the flesh. And why do we do this? Why do we break the bonds, cast away cords from ourselves so we can make other bonds with the Lord, bonds of the covenant, bonds of love, bonds of brotherly love. Bonds have a good semantics, good, uh, they're good and positive bonds, but they cannot be present in us until we break these bonds of death because they're heavy, they're, they're uh, bonds of sin, they're not just cuffs, they're cuffs with uh, with a chain and a very hard, heavy weight that we come to church with. And the scriptures say we need to become free of these bonds and bind ourselves with a different bond, <clears throat> bond of the covenant and bond of love. 
Jesus says, my burden, my bonds are light. And so in Christ, it's hard to hate a righteous person. It's easy to love a righteous person. But with the bonds of, of hell, it's, it's hard to love and easy to hate the holy person. Sixth, we have ten of these. We'll, we'll look at each all of the ten, ten of them today. And we'll have good material to pray with. Sixth, to put away the authority and power of lying within our body, it is necessary to have the power to deprive the carrier of deception of power within our body. Hebrews 2, 14, 15, Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shares in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. It is talking about depriving the carrier of deception of power in the form of our old man by the truth of the cross of Christ. Galatians 6.14 But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And so to deprive the stronghold of death in us of power is to learn to boast about the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ and by doing this we then proclaim that the Lord in his death has deprived hell of its power and authority we boast by the Lord Jesus Christ seventh to put away the authority and power of lying within our body, it is necessary to possess the legitimate ability to send the carrier of deception within your body in the form of the scapegoat, Azazel, to an uninhabited land. Azazel is a demonic spirit. Leviticus 16, 21-22 Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat. They slaughtered one goat, which is symbolized Christ, and then they released the second into an uninhabited land, symbolizing the devil. And so Aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the, of the live goat, confess over it all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their transgressions concerning all their sins, putting them on the head of the goat, and shall send it away into the wilderness by the hand of a suitable man. The goat shall bear on itself all their iniquities to an, to an uninhabited land, and he shall release the goat in the wilderness. What happens with the devil? All the sins that were confessed, the priest puts upon this uh, scapegoat as a zeal and releases it into an uninhabited land. And he then uh, is unhappy that all of this has been returned to him, the devil. The legitimate grounds giving us the right to send the carrier of deception from our body in the form of Azazel is our baptism where we are submerged into the death of Christ in the image we see of the scapegoat which is brought as a sacrifice for sin. And so let's look at another place symbolizing Jesus Christ who also needed to be slain and his blood was to be taken and be sprinkled in the tabernacle. And so the sins that are laid then upon the scapegoat then are released and the devil then will suffer with the sins that had been put back upon his head. 
Leviticus 16, 15 through 20. Let's see Jesus Christ as the offering here. Then he shall kill the goat of the sin offering, which is for the people. Bring its blood inside the veil. Do with that blood as he did with the blood of the bull, and sprinkle it on the mercy seat and before the mercy seat. So he shall make atonement for the holy place because of the uncleanness of the children of Israel and because of their transgressions for all their sin. And so he shall do for the tabernacle of meeting which remains among them in the midst of their uncleanness. There shall be no man in the tabernacle of meeting when he goes in to make atonement in the holy place until he comes out that he may make atonement for himself, for his household, and for all the assembly of Israel. And he shall go out to the altar that is before the Lord and make atonement for it and shall take some of the blood of the bull and some of the blood of the goat and put it on the horns of the altar all around. And we see that then he shall sprinkle some of the blood on it with his finger seven times, cleanse it, and consecrate it from the uncleanness of the children of Israel. And so this is a priest that needs to do these things. We can't sprinkle ourselves and cleanse ourselves. This is the priest that sprinkles seven times. And when he had made an end of atonement for the, for the holy place, the tabernacle of meeting and the altar, he shall bring the live goat. And so upon this goat, then you put this evil spirit Azazel and send him into in an uninhabited land. This process needs to be done correctly, and it's important to send this evil spirit Azazel and this live goat into an uninhabited land so these sins never be remembered again. And so when you speak with the pastor, when you confess, our pastor had given me an example of his life. When people used to come to him, confess their sins, and then would go back home, and again would fall into the same sins, and I understood that they continuously were remembering the sins they had committed, the husband to wife, wife to husband, and every time they'd come to me and speak of their sins, the sin would just uh, become a uh, uh, reform in them somehow, and it's as uh, if the sin mutates and takes on other forms. And Pastor said, I saw in a dream that there was a, a, a burial happening and during the process and after he was before he was put into the ground, experts had come and had their binders and wrote what they saw in this tomb. And so then time had passed, the month a month passed, and the experts returned and they asked that this body uh, be exhumed. And when they saw the body, the body was changed. And they began to take note uh, uh, again. And then they buried, they buried the body again. And after a, lo a lot of time had passed, and so what I understood in this dream you need to tell the saints husband and wife, wife to husband one another, never remember the sins that you had committed and don't say it to one another the uh, sins need to be buried and never ever remember don't say well tell me, tell me, what did you do, give me the details never ever do this, do not dig out these sins, do not remember them because sin mutates and it's in, in the form of decay, but it's mutating. 
And so stop looking into this tomb. Stop remembering your sins. If the Lord has forgiven us and justified us, stop remembering the sins of one another. People remember sins that happened 20, 30 years ago. They began to dig them out and talk about, and they uh, make a holy person into Satan. Let's stop lying to one another. We have Jesus Christ who has washed us with his blood, and we have a living uh, being who is Satan and devil who needs to be sent off into the inhabited land. We will not remember these sins ever again. We will we won't have be have these experts that will undig these sins, this body exhuming it, looking at these sins again, what is happening with it as it decays. Let's stop doing this and leave this filthiness and sin and give it uh, give it to the earth and not do this. Eighth, to put away the authority and power of lying within our body, it is necessary to stop the process of decay within your body. 2 Kings 2, 12-14 And Elisha saw it, and he cried out, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and his horsemen. So he saw him no more, Elijah, he didn't see Elijah anymore, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the water and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he had also also had struck the water, it was divided this way and that, and Elijah crossed over. And so death and lying will not obey us. And so Jordan is is a stream of deception a very a large river of Jordan that is targeted at the saints, this, this deception targeting the saints. How do we stop it? We need to break Jordan. How do we break Jordan? Take from the anointed of God his, his, his mantle. How? And so your own opinions, your own ideas, take this and tear it into two. Receive the truth, and with this truth, confess this truth, and break Jordan, the stream of deception within yourself. Ninth, to put away the authority and power of lying within your body, it is necessary to cleanse your soul by the truth of the blood of the cross of Christ, by obeying the truth through the Spirit. 1 Peter 1, 22-23 Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, love one another fervently with a pure heart, having been born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And so, there needs to be a non-hypocritical love. What is a non-hypocritical love? You need to love the saints as Christ loves them. A hypocritical love is, I tell a person, I love them, but inside, I hate them. I, I smile, but inside, everything is just shrieking. We need to be free of this hypocrisy. For some people, it's not even uh, natural to be hypocritical like this. They just say, I don't like you. And so these both these qualities need to be destroyed within ourselves. We need to love the saints as Christ loves them. And tenth, we're talking about how we need to how, create this atmosphere of brotherly love. We need to put away lying. 
10th, to put away the authority and power of lying within our body, it is necessary to deliver peace to your troubled body. Isaiah 28, 11-18 For with stammering lips and another tongue he will speak to, to this people, to whom he said, This is the rest with which you may cause the weary to rest. And so, when it talks about rest, you come to the Lord and say, I'm tired of lying. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. But the word of the Lord was to them, percept upon percept, percept upon percept, line upon line, line upon line, here is a little, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and caught. Therefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men, who rule this people who are in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death and with Sheol, we are in agreement. When the overflowing scourge passes through, it will not come to us. But it did come to them. For we have made lies our refuge, and under falsehood we have hidden ourselves. Therefore thus says the Lord God, because I lay in Zion a stone for a foundation, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation, whoever believes will not act hastily. Also I will make justice the measuring line, and righteousness the plummet, the hail will sweep away the refuge of lies, and the water will overflow with hiding place. Your covenant with death will be annulled, and your agreement with Sheol will not stand. When the overflowing scourge passes through, then you will be trampled down by it. We don't want to be trampled by it, down by it. And so, I call the scourge to come. May the Lord protect us from this before the Lord's scourge comes. May, the, may we plead with the Lord, Lord, establish the sanctuary within me, because when the devourer shall come, it will be very terrible. Lord, allow me today to establish judgment within your uh, myself, your judgment. Allow these uh, waters to drown these hiding places. Allow me to destroy these contracts, agreements I have with hell, with Sheol. And we will do this today. We will do this right now. Today we are upon this place right now. We will pray and ask all the saints that would like to build the justice of God, the mercy seat inside of them, not wait until Christ comes <clears throat> so that he judge them. We build this place in us now. And so if anyone wants to become delivered from this lying, repent from this lying, or just come and establish a covenant with the Lord, this is the place to do it. Right now we will pray and I ask all to come here. And although I sit here, I am with you and I come out to the altar just as you. May you be blessed in this prayer.
I will be praying our prayer. And I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side. He's not against you. He has loved you with an eternal love. He has given us the work of his redemption. He has stood before us and our enemies to protect us and to lift us up to his level. Your eyes are closed. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God. This is a sign that your hands are without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and upon this holy place in the church of your holy nation, I open up my heart so that you may see my pain, you see my suffering, my wounds that are inflicted by sin, lusts and deception that I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my illness, with my fear, with dishonor and a pampered dignity. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they will not touch you. May upon you the ancient mountains and everlasting hills its blessings be on you. And may with noise the old man be thrusted out from your body and in its place the resurrection of Christ be established. May all these blessings be upon you and upon all the children. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. And so we will have what to study in our cell groups, a very interesting theme. But what is important is what Pastor said, to pass on to the people, never ever remember sins. If God has forgiven your sin, forgiven the sin of another person, a husband, a wife, parents to children, children to parents, God has forgiven because every time we remember, we remind these sins, we bring in this filth, and corruption let it, you need to send this scapegoat Azazel into the unha- uninhabited land let us finish with our unchanging manifestation now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. Amen.